Hello ladies, if you are fed up, confused as hell, or just over all the drama around weight loss, you are in the right place. My name is Bonnie LaFrac and I am your host here at Unfuck Your Weight Loss, where I help you make weight loss easy, achievable, and even fun. Because what is more fun than becoming exactly who you want to be in the body you want to be in? Let's take the shame and bullshit out of dieting and weight loss and lose the weight for the last time. Ready? Let's go. Yo, this is a bonus episode. Welcome to Unfuck Your Weight Loss. I'm Bonnie LaFrac. I recorded a masterclass called The Seven Deadly Sins of Restaurant Eating. And not to toot my own horn, but I thought it was really good. It had a lot of useful tidbits that I wanted to share with you. So enjoy. Well, thank you for being here. Um, I'm having a lot of fun doing these master classes. We took on the theme of the seven deadly sins, and then we've kind of plugged in sort of different scenarios that we are seeing our friends and clients struggle with. Uh, we've done um, drinking, right? Especially summer drinking. We have certainly done self-sabotage. And tonight I am presenting the seven deadly sins of restaurant eating. And my name, if we have not met, is Bonnie LaFrac. I am a fitness, weight loss, and life coach with over 20 years of experience, um, mostly really online. I do have some brick and mortar locations in Mass Massachusetts. So small boutique type fitness studio. So if you're local, obviously you can come work out with us. But a lot of my clients even from you know, 20, 25 years ago, have always worked with me online. So uh, this program is uh, open to obviously anyone, anywhere. And if you find uh, value in it, we would love to have you be part of our free group, Food, Fitness, Fat Loss for Real Life, or even uh, talk to us about being part of our coaching group, Self Made. So if you do have any questions along the way, you can always present them in the chat. Obviously, if you're doing this as a replay, you won't be able to ask any questions live and that is okay. You can go ahead, you can DM me. Uh, you find me on Facebook at Bonnie LaFrac or Instagram at Bonnie LaFrac. I'm mostly on Facebook. You can also email me, Bonnie at BonnieLaFrac.com. I have a website that is also BonnieLaFrac.com. So you have all of the different ways to reach out, especially if you're watching this as the replay and something comes up for you. All right, so really the point of the masterclass is for you to walk away with something, something that you can take action on versus just consuming more info, right? It's like how we listen to podcasts and we read a book or an article or get a free PDF, all of the things that we're consuming, which is great. And I love learning too, but my goal is that when you watch or listen to this, that there is at least one thing that you're like, I can do that, or I can consider that, or I'm going to work on that. And that's really what it takes to make changes. Um, most of us, our brains make weight loss into a really overblown, big project. And we sometimes don't see the value in small things, in the 1% change. So walking away with one thing from a masterclass is huge. So that is what I'm going to hope for you. And I'm going to deliver so much value. Take notes if you can, if you're not driving your car um, or going for a walk, or if you want to revisit this, you can and, and find the things that are going to work for you. Um, a lot of people kind of ask me or, or they're confused, like, what is this? What is life coaching? What is a life coach? What is that? You know, is this like a therapist? Um, are you here to like hear all about my, you know, childhood and things like that? Um, <laughs> no. And in short, no, but it is interesting when it comes to weight loss you will bump up against your past. You will. You will start to see a lot of the past patterns and, and beliefs that you have that you've been carrying around for a long time. So coaching certainly will shine a light on some of these things, but we really spend a lot more time creating your future and looking at you know where you are now, obviously with whatever thoughts and beliefs and actions that are keeping you stuck and how to move you forward. And really as a personal trainer or fitness expert, I spent a lot of my years, you know, telling people what to do, which is great. I really believe my love language is just telling people what to do. Like that is just what I'm here on earth for. But 
as much as I can tell you what to do and what to eat and what not to eat and when to work out and all of that stuff, what happens is eventually your human brain kicks in. And it's not enough for me to tell you what to do. You're going to have to learn how to manage your own mind. And that's really why life coaching is so effective and why I really wanted to bring it into my practice and why I feel like building out a program like Self-Made um, elevates that transformation process. It elevates weight loss so that you're not just losing weight, but you're gaining the tools to keep it off forever. That's really important to me. Um, I really felt like <clears throat> most programs, I mean, whether it is something that I've ever offered or it's Weight Watchers or Noom or Nutrisystem or, you know, just counting macros or what have you, um, none of those types of plans really talk to you about changing you know, how you think, because if we go into weight loss, carrying around all of the old ways, all we do, you know, we can make the scale go down, but inevitably that's why I think a lot of us see that scale creep back up is that we haven't really thought about who I am in the future. Who would I be with, who am I not, right? Who am I if I don't open all of the drawers and pantry cabinets and all of that stuff at eight o'clock at night, right? You have to really think not so much, how do I lose weight, but who do I have to be in order to lose weight? And that is really what we do inside coaching, inside self-made, and it is the missing ingredient for weight loss. So if you're struggling with weight loss, it could be that a program like this is exactly what you're looking for. And it's not, I know our brains want to make it all about the wrong diet or the wrong macros, but I can assure you, um, having been a professional dieter for decades, this is not the case. And that you don't necessarily have to give up everything. I know our brains go into overdrive and freak out thinking everything has to be restrictive and it's not the case. Um, usually when we're looking to lose weight and we're struggling with it, um, it's not so much I'm on the wrong diet or I have the wrong macros or I'm not working out enough. It really comes down to, and the number one thing I see for people is all or nothing thinking. Everything is just like, I'm either all in or all out. I'm either perfect all day. And if I mess up, now it's over. And this is just gets repeated over and over. And I mean, if you think about it, if we want to live for the next 20, 30, 50 plus years, there's going to, what is perfection? I mean, how are we going to have every single day that what we just do everything perfectly? Why do I why do we need to be perfect? And that's really worth exploring because you'll find that you can get plenty of progress being a solid B minus, right? I know it's chilling to think, right? Our parents never told us to go get a B minus. A lot of us do struggle with people pleasing. Um, and that certainly comes up around food, emotional eating, of course, right? We don't really want to feel angry or sad or bored. So, you know, food really works well right? To help us feel better. Not really. Uh, we have a lot of habit eating, mindless eating and drinking things that are just on autopilot. As soon as I walk in the house at 4 30 PM, I walk right to the kitchen and I open the refrigerator. It's just on autopilot. Um, things like instant gratification versus delayed gratification, uh, learning how to surf the urges and cravings rather than give into them, uh, confronting some diet culture and long-term diet mentality, right? So the beliefs we have about weight loss, they might not be true, believe it or not. Um, bullshit stories uh, about who we are or who we are not, right? So part of beliefs, you know, thoughts that we have about ourselves, they really do become stories. They're like these epic fables. They're like folklore. Um, and we can walk around thinking I'm just lazy or I just don't have willpower. I'm just an emotional eater. I'm just a foodie. Like we start to really put ourselves in a box. And when we keep telling ourselves, I'm just an emotional eater, it's really hard to believe anything else. And then ultimately learning to master your mind. I know it sounds like a superpower, right? We're going to make you into a superhero of your own life and learning how to not necessarily change everything you think, but understand that our brains are very primitive and they do really survival skills quite well. But sometimes just need the adult brain, right? Our higher brain to take over. And we teach all that. And that really, I, I do strongly believe is the key to long-term weight loss. So <clears throat> now that I have set the stage, done all the chit chat there, I want to officially welcome you to this party, right? I look at all these master classes, even any live video I do, anything that I teach, every podcast, 
I look at it as a party. Um, I want to make weight loss fun because why not? I mean, really, isn't it fun to think about living your life in the body that you want, right? And feeling good in your body and having the energy and the health and the vibrancy and all of the things that you want, those are all wonderful and fun. So let's just have fun. Obviously, nothing says party more than eating out, right? So this particular masterclass is going to focus on eating out some of the challenges and then of course, some of the solutions to it. Um, I've called all of the, you know, all of these series, the seven deadly sins. Um, obviously, I, I really don't think you're committing a sin when it comes to eating or drinking. Um, I think that's, um, you want me to add her in? Oh, you got it, Kayla. You got her. Um, you're never committing a sin, right? There's nothing sinful about eating or drinking, but it is just kind of a, a, a just a fun container to look at all of these different um, scenarios. So when it comes to eating out, I truly believe that you can lose weight and you can maintain your lost weight and enjoy the food while you're in a restaurant where, you know, we all have these sort of different places, like it could be a work function. Sometimes there's a work meeting or a work conference where food is supplied and you feel like you don't have control over that. Certainly vacations where, you know, could be that you are making the, the actual reservations or it's an all-inclusive. Um, even weekends, whether it's the summer or the winter or the fall or the spring, weekends can really trip people up because we do tend to eat out more on the weekends. Your family might have a tradition that every Friday night or every Saturday night or every Friday, Saturday and Sunday night, you go out to, to dinner or to lunch or to breakfast or what have you. Um, and then also I want to address that you can use restaurants to meet your meal prepping needs, which I think is fantastic because why not? Restaurants um, are fully equipped to make anything you want. So we're going to get right into it so that you have uh, what I have outlined to be some of the obstacles. So this one is called, right, the first deadly sin of restaurant eating, not asking for what we want. This is sort of interesting. Um, for some of you who are my people pleaser friends, right? People pleasing club. Um, sometimes it can feel like, well, I don't want to be a bother, right? I don't want to bother the wait person, the wait staff, they're going to be really upset with me. That's going to be too much. They're going to like, you know, not want to do this for me. I'm asking too much to get what I want. And I'm here to tell you, that is simply not true. And you can and you can practice this because I know what will happen, right? It's, it can feel like overwhelming and you might feel anxious and you're not used to asking for what you want, not at a restaurant, not in relationships, not at your job. And so the beautiful thing about a lot of the tools we use in life coaching and in self-made is that all of the tools we use to lose weight can be applied to all of these scenarios and learning how to ask for what you want. Simply just, you know, you could start off by asking for dressing on the side. You could ask, um, I'd like that steak with no butter or no oil, right? You can really look at almost any menu item and they will tell you, you know, some of the restaurants you will go to, their uh, proteins are already marinated, right? There's some things that cannot be undone. There's some things that cannot be customized, but truly, you could go to any restaurant and you could customize anything that they have, or you could probably just say, you know, can I just get plain grilled chicken on a salad? And I am not suggesting that that's what you want, but if you wanted to go out to dinner and have something that you felt really comfortable with, and you felt like it was on your plan and it made you feel relaxed, because sometimes what happens is we are losing weight. And we are making great food choices and we are taking, um, you know, all this time and effort. And then oh, someone's invited me out. Oh, I have to go to a wedding. Oh, I have these social occasions and I'm so nervous, right? I don't want to have a setback. I don't want to just do these things. Then I want to empower you to think about asking for what you want. And if you're struggling with that, asking yourself what seems hard about it. And then what small step could you do to advocate for yourself to get exactly what you want, okay? For some of us, this is no big deal. We've been doing it a long time. We're kind of like, you know, walk into the restaurant and every, and you know, I'm sure at the table that I'm at, people are rolling their eyes. <laughs> They're like, oh my God, 
this lady has a lot of needs. I don't care, right? I'm so used to it. Sometimes I almost am surprised, right? That everybody's not ordering exactly what they want. But it is, it can be scary if you're just a person who doesn't normally speak up for themselves. Advocating for yourself is uh, a huge step and it can be scary at first. And the more you practice it, the easier it is because I'm going to tell you the wait person is not going to bat an eye. I promise you, they're used to it. A lot of restaurants even ask, like, is there any, you know, food allergies we need to be aware of? Can, you know, they want to please you and they want you to keep coming back. So that is the first deadly sin is not asking for what you want. Number two, this is a good one, right? The second deadly sin of restaurant eating is the clean plate club. Now your clean plate club could be different than my clean plate club and someone else's. Oftentimes this is an undercurrent of how we were raised. It was either about wasting food or wasting money or both, right? It's some people, um, I don't know if it, it could be you, it could be someone in your family, but this idea of, I need to get my money's worth, right? Um, sometimes you see that like at a buffet, like I'm just going to keep eating because I paid the $19.99 and I need to make sure I get my money's worth. Um, or if I throw away food or I don't finish everything on the, on the plate, that's a waste of food. There's people who are starving, um, or I don't want to insult the chef, things like that. And what you're going to find in this masterclass, all of the masterclasses I've ever done, there's going to be some thought provoking things that will send you to your past. And I don't want you to spend too much time there, right? Beating yourself up or being like, hey, mom, you really screwed me up. You know, I have a bone to pick with you. I just want you to be aware of it because when we're aware of some of the ways we're operating, then we can change it. And it's not a big deal. We get, we're adults, right? I'm assuming if you're watching this, you're an adult. You're not a 10 year old. You're not powerless to make decisions at the restaurant or, or what's going on in your house. But I want you to know when you finish your plate beyond your hunger limits, no starving child is fed. <laughs> There's not one starving person that is saved. Okay. Um, and if you want, right, and you can do this as part of a strategy, you can think about, do I want to take food home? Do I want to pack some of it up for later, right? So that you feel like you're not throwing things out and being wasteful. Number three, the, dead, the third deadly sin is just not planning ahead. Womp, womp, womp. And you know what's, what's funny about this? It's not rocket science, but here's what's going against you. Your human brain does not want to plan ahead. Your human brain wants to go literally to the party. Like, let's go, let's see what's there. I'm going to have this. I'll just, I just want to, I just want to relax. I just want to go with the flow, right? I just want to see what happens. I don't want, you know, I, I planned my whole life and my whole week. Your brain's going to come up with a lot of excuses as to why planning ahead is a terrible idea. I'm telling you, planning ahead is a beautiful idea because then it takes all the decision-making off the table, literally. You have a plan going in, even if you don't know the exact restaurant you're going to, if you know that you want protein and vegetables or that you are having French fries or that you are having pizza or you are having beer, well, let's put it in writing exactly what you're going to do. If you're unsure between two different meal choices, write them both down. I'm going to tell you our, our tendency is to plan ahead in our head. So oh, I'm so smart, I can keep it in my head. And it's not that you're not smart. It's just that our brains are very tricky places. And once you have it in writing and it is a plan, just like your to-do list, right? Your calendar for today, the calls you had lined up. Once you have it in writing, it becomes something that your brain is gonna take more seriously. Obviously, if something changes with your plan, go back, make notes about what changed, right? But planning ahead doesn't mean you can't go with the flow and that you can't have fun. You can plan in pizza or cake or whatever it is. And in fact, this is the most pivotal tool, believe it or not, right? The most tangible tool, I should say, um, that we use with self-made clients to really go from, I'm on a plan, I'm on a diet, I'm following macros. How do I get to food freedom? How do I incorporate foods that I love? What is this intuitive eating? Well, 
you start here with an actual food plan because if you do love pizza or you do love wine or whatever it is, or you love that, that one restaurant has your favorite dish and you go there and you want that, plan for it. That's how you incorporate it in because there's nothing worse, right? Oh, I'm not going to have that, my favorite dish and I'm going to definitely have chicken and salad and you get there, right? And there's all the drama. I can't have that, but I want that. Everybody else is having it. Oh shit. Now I ate it. Now I fell off my plan. Now everything's ruined. Now the whole weekend is blown. Now I just have to wait till Monday, August 1st, right? Or whatever. I have to wait to the next Monday, the first of the month. And I screwed up. When you have something in your plan that you wrote down, you're on plan. Even if it says 600 Snickers bars, right? And you eat all 600 of them, they're still on your plan. And no, I'm not prescribing that. All right. So we're hitting all the big ones. What about number four? The fourth deadly sin, of course, is being overly hungry. And a lot of times, and you'll see this as kind of diet advice. If you know you're going out to dinner, save all your calories, right? Pretty much starve all day. Don't eat anything. And then you could do whatever you want at dinner or whatever, the brunch or the lunch or whatever, going into a meal of any kind when you are starving and overly hungry and you've been restricting, 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 guess what? It is going to obviously ricochet here. It's going to be like the rubber band is going to shoot back at you and you will overconsume. You just will. So here's the thing. If you know you have a big, exciting event or your favorite restaurant and you're looking forward to whatever it is you're eating, eat normally that day. Don't go crazy trying to restrict and cut calories. Eat normally, eat your food. I'm not saying, you know, eat right before you go to the restaurant, but I would not be hungry because you also don't know. What if the restaurant has a long wait, right? What if your reservation doesn't get seated right away? What if it's very busy in the restaurant and you don't get food right away, right? Then we're eating the bread and we're ordering extra drinks and we're going to overconsume. So contrary to that advice, don't save all your calories. Um, the fifth deadly sin, <laughs> what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? Sometimes we pretend that meals out don't count, right? It's kind of like pretending that weekends don't count. Um, snacks don't count. Things I eat standing up don't count. Things I ate in the pantry, things I ate off my kid's plate, they don't count. It's like, it wasn't really a meal. Um, eating out in a restaurant, by and large, can add in additional calories you did not see coming. It's just kind of the deal. The, the restaurant industry, because they need their food to taste good. And unless you've ordered a really pared down meal, you're like, no oil, no butter, everything on the side, no cheese, no croutons. Like if you really strip your meals down, you will save a lot of calories. But by and large, knowing that you're going out, you're probably going to get an extra couple hundred calories. And you just have to be aware of it. If you do, if you're trying to actively lose weight and you like, this isn't your favorite restaurant and it's not your birthday and it's not a special occasion, but maybe it's a work event. Maybe it's lunch with your aunt Sally and you're like, I huh, just told her I would go. You can be very conscientious of what you're taking in by say, you know, dressing on the side and the cheese on the side and the, everything on the side and you can pick and choose. But really um, the ostrich effect, right? I'm going to stick my head in the sand and pretend that I didn't see the calories on the menu or I pretend that, um, you know, anything that I ate off my kid's plate doesn't count. It does, right? And this is just an awareness thing. Our brains are very tricky and want to make it everything is not a big deal. And the problem is um, calories do add up. I mean, that's the bottom line. Over time, if you just take in 100 extra calories a day, more than you need to maintain your current weight, you're going to probably gain easily 12 pounds a year just with 100 extra calories, which right? You could do dressing on the side and you've eliminated that hundred calories you or more, right? So we have to be really conscientious. We can't pretend that it didn't happen or whatever. It's no big deal. I went to the restaurant and I took off all my clothes and I danced on a pole and I did all the Vegas stuff. And you know, that's that we can't, we can't be the ostrich and stick our head in the sand and pretend it didn't happen because it did. And it adds up especially if you do like to eat out and you do like to go, you know, enjoy yourself on vacation or you do like to meet friends for lunch, right? We can't pretend that this is a no calorie zone when it is, right? Okay, because I like eating out. 
And I think that you can make it, you know, you pick and choose when you're going to splurge and when you're not right. And still eat out and still have fun because I assume you're eating out also because you're like enjoying the company. You're enjoying the relationships. You're being social. You're getting out of the house. You're saving yourself cooking and shopping, right? There's something to that, especially, you know, in a very hot summer, because that's when we're recording right now, you're not being in your kitchen, there's an advantage. And just because you eat out does not mean it is just showtime and I can eat whatever I want and it's a party. I'm going to pick and choose. And I advise that you do as well. The sixth de deadly sin, and I see this when I, I should say, I hear this when I talk to people, is playing follow the leader. Um, and this is a little bit of people pleasing. And it makes a lot of sense if you think about our very human brains and how we're designed for survival. Uh, part of that, part of our survival has always been to be in a group, in the tribe, and to do what everybody else is doing, right? So if everybody is attacking the antelope that was dragged into the cave, I'm going to attack that antelope and I'm going to eat it too, even though I said I wasn't going to. Um, and this happens a lot. I see this sometimes with work, work lunches or dinners, or my clients will tell me, but if my client is having drinks, I feel like I have to have drinks. If my client is ordering dessert, I have to order dessert. It's almost like I have to wait to see what they do. I want to mirror them so that they don't feel bad. Right? Crazy when you think about it. Because we don't ever know and we can't control how people feel. Me eating dessert, if someone feels bad that I'm eating it or not eating it, that is not my problem. Right? We can't control people by what we eat. All right. As much as it seems logical, um, this happens quite a bit. So waiting to see what other people are going to do. Are they going to break their diet? Are they having the nachos? Ooh, that lady, she looks really buff and she's, you know, eating a cheeseburger and fries, then I'll order that, right? You have to really have self-trust for yourself, knowing what you want, what your goals are. It's very important for weight loss in general. Um, whether we're eating at home, we're eating at a restaurant, it's a work event, it's vacation. If we're always doing what everybody else is doing or thinking we need to, we're going to end up over-consuming. That's really what it comes down to. And I think ultimately when we go out to dinner, like we want to enjoy ourselves, we want to eat to a reasonable capacity because you don't want obviously to feel sick every time you go out to dinner and every night you go to bed after going to a restaurant, you've got like a big bottle of Tums on the nightstand. You don't want that, right? So this follow the leader thing and do what everybody else is doing and try to fit in. And, you know, it's sort of the FOMO, you know, thing. It doesn't work. It's not, it's not going to make people like you. It's not going to make people um, think anything of you right? They're busy ordering their dessert or not ordering their dessert. You ultimately have to do what works best for you and know that if they're eating with you or they're having a work meeting with you, you can relate to them and with them regardless of food. And I know that that's just sort of a something you have to remind yourself of if, because it's a very human characteristic to, to want to blend in and be part of the gang. And, um, feel like I'll make the other person feel awkward, you won't. All right. The seventh deadly sin is letting social events and joy eating spiral out in your mind. So what I mean by this is that we think, right, I, I had pizza tonight. I blew it. Now, now I ruined my diet. Now I'm going to gain all the weight. Now I'm a failure. I should just stop trying. I knew this would happen. This always happens. Uh, screw it, right? It's just this whole black and white start and stop, good or bad. And then what's so interesting is that we don't get joy from the foods that we really like. They become almost like an enemy, right? I love pizza, but it doesn't love me. I think about pizza and I automatically gain weight. Like we put, we put a lot of um, onus on the food itself instead of taking personal responsibility. If you love pizza or you love cookies or cake or whatever it is, and you 
want to plan for them and enjoy them, or you go to your favorite restaurant and, you know, they eat sushi or whatever it is, um, enjoy it, slow down, taste it, right? Don't feel like it's the enemy. Otherwise, it's, you're just going to be stuck, right, in the, it's like the, um, seventh ring of hell, literally the seven deadly sins, you're going to be stuck in a circle where it's like, I really love this food, but I hate it. And I hate when I want it. And I hate craving it. And I hate when I eat it. And I hate how I feel after I eat it. And I feel guilty and I beat myself up. Yet I love it so much. It's like a bad relationship. <laughs> it really is. And it's not that the pizza or the cake or the sushi has done anything to you. It is simply our mind turning some foods into the enemy. Um, and I shouldn't have had that. And I blew my diet. And now it's a setback. And now screw it. I'm, you know, so come tomorrow, I'm thinking I, I screwed up anyway. So what's the difference? So we want to enjoy restaurants, right? That's why they're there. We want to enjoy the ambiance. We want to enjoy um, the wait staff, our friends, um, not cooking, being waited on. Like there are other things really when you think about eating out um, that you could focus on. You know, what do you like about the restaurant? Is it, do you like sitting outside? Is there live music? Do they make great drinks? Do they have some kind of specialty dish you can't get anywhere else? And I'm mentioning this um, because if you do enjoy eating out, let's go further than it's just a place to get the food, right? We can really dig into the whole experience and that allows us to slow down, taste the food, maybe take half of it home. And I'm gonna get to some strategies around eating in restaurants and how you can manage weight loss and weight loss maintenance while eating out. And in fact, some of you who could be watching this um, you might travel quite a bit. You might be always on an airplane and always in another city and always eating hotel food or restaurant food. And you're going from meeting to meeting or this, you know, if this is, uh, you're watching this during the summer vacations, right? A week here, a week there, weekends and whatnot. If you want to eat out, right? Let's, let's make it work for you because technically, if you think about it, a restaurant can be like your own private chef. They are, they're cooked, they're making the food and making the experience for you. And I would really like um, to turn, right? Some of the things we think about eating and pizza and, you know, French fries and all of these things and turn it into a great experience where we have total control, okay? We do oftentimes we let circumstances take over like a social event. Oh no, I have to go to a work event. I have to go to this wedding. I have to go to this graduation party. I have to go to this birthday party. And now that's why I'm anxious. That's the problem, right? It's not. It's really what our brains start to make it. Like I won't be able to eat what I need. I'll be out of control. I'll have to eat all this food. Everybody will be watching me. Um, all of these things. And so this masterclass is really an invitation to get that 30,000 foot view on kind of our modus operandi, how we do operate, how, what, our, what our food experiences are, what we think about eating. Um, and so that we can get back to enjoying eating out without stress, without anxiety, and still meeting our goals. So I really do believe, right? I want you to eat out. I want you to have fun, right? I want you to still lose weight. Um, part of that will be, of course, being very clear on what your goals are. And, and this might bring up like, oh, shoot, well, I don't really have any clearly defined goals, right? It makes it really hard to navigate going out for the weekend, you know, on vacation or meeting friends. What are your goals? What are your goals even just for that meal, right? Never mind what are your larger goals. And that's when we're really fully in alignment. When I know what I want, if I want to lose 20 pounds, I have to be in total alignment, right? I can't say I want to lose 20 pounds, but I always have these social occasions. That's not being fully, that's like blaming, right? Uh, I have too many social events, so I can't lose the weight. Being in alignment is okay. I want to lose 20 pounds and 
you know, I'm, I'm going to eat like a person who wants to lose 20 pounds. It doesn't mean starve. It doesn't mean restrict. It doesn't mean deprive, but I also take full responsibility for what I order, looking at the menu perhaps, and I'm going to get to that in a minute. Um, and what I do with my hands and my mouth. Okay. The, the social occasion is not to blame. My friends are not to blame. The wait staff is not to blame. The restaurant having delicious food is not to blame, right? We want to be very clear on what we want and be in alignment so it can be fun. It can be so simple when you know exactly what you want and, and who, right, you are becoming to get that. Some of the things that I think are helpful, right, if you're really like, whoa, I don't know anything, I guess, right, is to ask yourself these questions. Um, you know, obviously figure out what your goals are. And you know what, I'm going to be honest, the whole lose 20 pounds or lose 10 pounds. Sometimes we just throw out numbers, right? We really don't care if the scale goes down 20 pounds, but if I can fit into all of my smaller clothes, that makes me happy. But you might want to tease out what some of your goals are um, and ask yourself these questions as well. Why do I want to lose weight, right? Why do I want to lose weight? And I really encourage you to just not, you're going to be like, I, well, that's a stupid question. Of course, why? Why wouldn't I want to lose weight? I'm overweight or I should weigh X, Y, Z, right? Your brain is going to offer you a lot of different answers. Keep asking yourself why. So if you do come up with, I should weigh a certain amount, I should weigh 132, why? Why should you weigh 132? And start to really dig into why you want to lose weight. Go as far as you can. Keep asking yourself why with every answer that you come, that, you, that comes to you. What do I believe about weight loss? Dun, dun, dun. This is a big one. And again, it kind of ties into some of our seven deadly sins when we walk around with a lot of things that we've been taking with us since our early diet days, right? We've been walking around with all kinds of diet rules. Um, carbs are bad. Sugar makes you fat. All of these things that I believe. Um, what stands in my way of weight loss? Hmm. Interesting. And some of us will say vacation, work events my family, right? And you really want to dig into this, right? Is that true? What else could be true? What if it's not true? What, what could you think instead? Like we have frameworks um, that I just love, right? To kind of, to learn how to really self-coach really, which is a beautiful thing um, that life coaching can help you with. Inside Self-Made, we do a lot of uh, this question asking in one-on-one -on -one calls and in group coaching calls. And it's interesting, if you will let your brain answer some of these questions, you might be surprised. Um, how can I make weight loss easier? How am I always in control of my weight loss? How am I always in control of what I do and do not eat? How can eating out serve me? So these are just questions to ask as you're contemplating what I think you would be is getting the most fun out of eating out, whether you eat out infrequently and it's a really special occasion, or you consider yourself, you know, a foodie or like eating out is a hobby for you. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, but how can it serve you? How can you get the most out of it? How could I look at the restaurant and go, wow, I've got four private chefs back there. who are going to make me one kick-ass meal that I have, I have asked for. Um, and uh, let's get into some strategies too. Because um, I think that's, that's ultimately where the rubber hits the road. Like I said at the very beginning, taking something from this and taking action on it, even if you just want to take action on asking the questions. Um, and if you're getting this, uh, if you've opted into this and you're live or the replay, you can go back, obviously. Um, and just snap a picture of those questions so you can contemplate them. So that could be your action step is answering one or all of those questions. Strategies that I look at, right? Reading the menu ahead of time, everything's online, everything. I'm always looking at menus ahead of time. And I get it, sometimes you've read the menu ahead of time and now we're going somewhere else. It happens. I really do think that that is not a problem and you might want to coach yourself on how it's never a problem if I don't know. But if I do know, Check out the menu ahead of time. Give yourself like just a couple different options if you're unsure of what you ultimately want. Sometimes people think, well, I don't want to plan because that takes away the fun, 
right? But if you know yourself, you, you're not going to, if you hate seafood, you're not going to order the lobster, right? So pick two meals or three that you could choose from and put the in writing. Um, if you are somebody who likes to eat out, um, and you might have already done this based on where you live, uh, but find your go-to restaurant. Those, those two or three places in your neighborhood or within your radius of work or wherever you like to travel, find the restaurants that you know will do what you want them to do. They're very accommodating. They're happy to make X, Y, Z, and they're happy to deconstruct your salad and pull it all apart, right? But having your go-to restaurants builds your confidence where you know, hey, maybe they even start to know you. Maybe they even say, oh, you want the Bonnie salad? Fantastic. We got that for you. Um, every restaurant can accommodate you. And I think awareness is on the wrong line there, but every restaurant can accommodate you, right? And so knowing that and believing that is important, is sort of like a reminder for yourself that anywhere you go, even McDonald's drive through you can get pretty much what you want. Is it the best quality salad? Probably not, but is it better than a Big Mac? It is. Um, one of the strategies, of course, is just this awareness. Um, it is a strategy, right? Is being aware because once you are aware of how you think and how you feel and how you behave, you can't be unaware. I mean, you could try, right? Like I said, in one of the, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, Deadly said, being an ostrich is what gets us into trouble, right? When we stick our head in the sand and we pretend things don't have calories and it doesn't count, it does. Being aware, it doesn't mean that I won't splurge. It doesn't mean that I might not overeat, but I am aware and I'm going to get in touch with why. What was happening um, when I did that? Was there something going on? Did I just have like a fight with my, you know, kid? Did I just like lose my wallet? Did, I, did something happen, right? Something that stressed me out. Awareness is just that uh, being able to see yourself and without judgment right? Just sort of being curious, being interested, just like if you watched, you know, your younger self um, sitting down, eating at a restaurant, um, just observing, okay? Planning ahead, biggest strategy ever, and the best one. I'm just telling you, and by plan ahead, I mean in writing. Um, another strategy, eat half, take half, right? This, especially if you know you love really, like, you want, um, I don't know, their extra cheesy lasagna, right? Something that you know is super rich and it's delicious. And generally, if you do eat too much of it, you tend to feel ill. Um, you could decide I'm going to eat half and you could just tell the, the staff person as soon as it comes down, like, can you bring me an extra plate? I want to just wrap up the other half. Believe me, you won't be the first one to ask that. You could then, then I have room for, you know, half my lasagna and maybe a salad or something like that. One of the things at restaurants that can be hard, especially in social occasions, is to slow down. But especially if you're in a place that you like and you're ordering the food you love, slow down, taste it, go slower, chew your food more. I will say this is like, I think you know this, right? A lot of us, we get, we're in such a hurry all the time. A lot of our eating is habitual, just like stuff it down, take, take like two chews, throw it down. We're always rushing around from thing to thing and we're never really tasting and enjoying our food. But our digestion improves so much when we can chew and chew and chew and chew and chew our food, right? It is good for us. And it allows you to slow down, to taste the food, and to really notice, right? Do I like this? Is it working for me? Am I full yet? Um, I always suggest as a strategy, if you are in a restaurant, and it's, you know, sometimes if it's a super fancy restaurant, you're like, Bonnie, I'm not going to order a $27 salad to go. <laughs> but if you're in a different kind of restaurant um, and you want to order something to go, do that, right? If after you can tell them, hey, I'm also the same, the same buffalo chicken salad I just got or the same Caesar salad or the same steak and asparagus, whatever you order, I want to get one to go, right? And that way you do have a meal for the next day. Right. And that could be barring maybe that you already took home half your meal. Um, I have a couple more strategies for you before you go. Kind of the um, the next level strategies. I'm calling these your bonus ones. 
Um, but really, most sincerely, don't eat shitty food that you don't enjoy, right? Just because you ordered it or just because you looked forward to it or just because it is pizza or just because you think you should eat it and you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. If you're not loving it, right, don't eat it. Even if it is ice cream or pizza or whatever it is, you can throw it away. You can start over. You could say, eh, that didn't work out. I thought it would be better, but it's not. No problem. These now, I put these here and you're like, wow, that's just a bold statement. Address your money issues. <laughs> this is going to take a little bit of unpacking. Um, same with address deep-seated food beliefs, right? It's just unpacking. Did I grow up with this idea of, I can't waste money. I can't waste food. That's wasteful. I better clean my plate so a poor kid in Africa doesn't die. That's, we were, that's what I grew up with too. And I understand um, that money doesn't grow on trees, but that is an interesting belief we walk around with. And the more I think money doesn't grow on trees, you know what it creates for me? Scarcity and lack. And I take that and I apply it into food. That's why a lot of us overeat is I, scarcity, lack. If I don't eat the cookies in my pantry, you know what? Someone else will. I better eat them before the family finds them. I'm always trying to, you know, hide things and, you know, uh, hoard things and get things before someone else gets them because there's not enough. Okay. If the not enoughness definitely keeps us overeating, eating foods we don't need to be eating and just sort of acting out these things that we've grown up with. And it is a lot. And I'm not throwing it out there like, well, you're screwed. You have all these issues. I'm raising my, I know about the issues, right? Because these are, um, issues I've had as well. And always as part of coaching, we don't just fix something. It's just not fixed and it's done. It's not flip a switch and you're fixed. It's a process, right? Of figuring out what do I want to believe? What things serve me? What things don't serve me? And how do I not judge it? How do I not go, oh my God, I can't believe that is so horrible. Look, you know, it's easy to say, I cannot believe it, but you know what? This is common. All of this stuff is so common. You didn't get to be 35 years old and not have a money story or a food story or a body image story, um, a worthiness story. You have a lot of stories and we've just been collecting them. And when we can start sort of unpacking them is when we actually unpack weight loss is when we start to actually shed body weight, right? We can let go of things. Um, I wrote, you're an adult. <laughs> <laughs> I'm get, and I know you're like, I know adulting is hard, right? Being a kid in so many ways is easy. Um, and we get to have our, our kid brain say, I want it. I need it. I have to have it now. I deserve it. I earned it. Give it to me. Right. And we have that inside our adult brains, but part of managing our minds and hitting our goals, right. Is just saying, you know what? I decide right? I get it. I might have a toddler or a petulant 13-year-old in my brain right now who's telling me, you deserve the ice cream, or you had a terrible day, right? You'll show them, just eat the ice cream or whatever, like all the crazy stuff. But we're adults. We can always get food, knock on wood, right? Always, God willing, right? That ice cream is not going to be extinct. And it is interesting with the toilet paper shortage of COVID, they had plenty of ice cream. <laughs> no toilet paper, plenty of ice cream, plenty of cookies, plenty of snacks, no toilet paper, right? I just throw it out there to remind you that you are powerful. You are, you are empowered. You have the ability to make changes. I don't care if you're listening this and you're 85 years old and you're like, I've lived my whole life, you know, in this diet trap. That's okay. We can make changes right now. You can, right? You are an adult and you get to decide what you eat, how much you eat, where you eat, when you eat. You get to speak up for yourself. You get to feed yourself. You get to own it all. Sometimes it feels heavy, but you can carry that. I promise you, right? That's, that's sometimes why we get overwhelmed is we feel like we can't do it, but we can. Um, I want to put it all together as we wrap things up. Um, think about some of the things that you could do. Even if it's not two to three strategies, what if it's one thing that you're willing to do? Maybe it is that you're going to start speaking up for yourself in a restaurant and asking for exactly what you want and what you don't want or ask questions about the food. Maybe you will decide that you're going to immediately pack up half the food. 
maybe you are going to commit to planning your food in writing. Okay, so there's a lot of strategies that you could take advantage of. Um, I'm curious, of course, what hit home for you most. And you can think about that if there was something that um, triggered you or as uh, one of my favorite coaches, Maggie Reyes would say, emotionally activated you. Um, some, some of the things, right, as we're learning about how to lose weight and how to keep it off forever and confronting some of these things, it can feel like I'm confronting you, right? Or you're confronting yourself, right? We get confrontational and that feels triggering and that is okay. Um, ideally, I would love for you to start trusting yourself with food, right? So how can you trust yourself with food? How can you trust yourself going out to a restaurant? How can you trust yourself to make the order that you want? How can eating out be easy for you? And ultimately, how do you want to feel when you wake up? I think that's really important because in the heat of the moment, as everybody's eating and drinking, it's easy to get caught up, but how do you want to feel when you wake up? Do you want to feel over full and sick to your stomach or full filled with energy and like being proud that, you know what, I went out, I had a good time. I didn't overdo it. It doesn't mean sitting there crying into your lettuce leaf and carrot stick, thinking, woe is me and everybody else gets to eat and I don't. Um, but you can make small changes to get the results you're looking for over time. Um, and of course, last but not least, I do want to thank you for your time. Um, I know attention is the biggest commodity, right? It's a very sincere pleasure to have yours. Obviously, if you have any questions, you want to find out more, um, we do all of this inside self-made. You can uh, check out my website at bonnielefrac.com. There's an application there and we would love to work with you. Um, thank you so much for being here and I hope to see you soon. All right, Kayla, we're wrapping. All right, awesome. Thank you guys so much and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for tuning in to Unfuck Your Weight Loss. The next step, of course, is to take action on something we discussed because implementation beats information all day long. If you enjoyed this podcast, thank you for being here and please leave a review wherever you tune in for all of your podcasts. Please be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Looking forward to dropping all the F-bombs with you next week. Have a good one.